It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Awesome. So six the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's cold out there. It's in the teens for most people. Whether you're in the lower teens or upper teens, it just depends on where you are, but uh, probably in the teens somewhere. Don Day will have his extended forecast at 645. So, okay, a uh, bit of a different day today. Miss Mary is out. Normally on every day I give you some open phones, and on Friday it's the entire program, but that's not going to be able to happen today. Yeah, I know it's the way the system's set up. I can't transfer it over so I can take your calls when she's out. We'll fix that at some point. I'm able to call out, though, so later on this morning I'll be calling Governor Gordon. At, that's at, he, wants, he wanted time between 8.06 and 8.30 to talk about some things that he has plans for this next legislative session. And so that's he'll be on for that uh, between 8.06 and 8.30. Uh, Jim, uh, I say, nope, uh, hang on a second. I got to answer someone here. I'm on vacation next week and I leave early Saturday morning. Uh, let's see. There we go. Uh, out way before then. <clears throat> now I'm just chatting with someone about my, my vacation plan. Saturday morning, really early. I'm up and out and I'm heading to Florida to visit family. I'll spend some time on my hometowns. And I say towns because there's two islands that my family kind of went back and forth between when I was growing up, Sanibel Island, Captiva Island. And remember, Hurricane Ian really pummeled both islands, Sanibel especially. They're still trying to rebuild. So we're going to go tour a year later where they are at that point, which is a big deal for the two of us because, again, we grew up there. And the town was that the islands were just devastated by these hurricanes. But all right. So I won't be able to take calls, and Governor Gordon will be on at 8 o'clock this morning for a half hour to talk about a lot of things on his agendas and some questions I know that you wanted me to ask him. We'll get that out of the way, too. All right, so there was a – and I'm really impressed with uh, Sean Hannity last night and the debate. I'll explain why. Just a moment. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns. Liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, now just to be clear, and I'm not trying to pick on the guy, when it comes to Sean Hannity and his program, I really don't listen. I'm sure he's a nice enough guy, but as far as I'm concerned, he pretty much talks about the same thing, same rhetoric, day after day after day. Whenever I tune in to Sean Hannity on radio or on his television show, I know what he's going to say. I know what the topic is, and I know what he's going to say. Same thing it always is. And so I've never really been someone who listened to his program. But now and then he does something which I think, now that's good. And so last night, as many of you know, he was able to pull off a debate 
between the governor of Florida and the governor of California, DeSantis versus Newsom. And it was actually a debate. Now, I didn't watch the whole thing. I went in for the best parts of it and watched. As far as I'm concerned, you can sum up the entire debate with this one slam dunk by DeSantis of Florida. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff, and he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, oh, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. Now, at some point, several times it was brought up, look at all the businesses and people leaving California. And Newsom dodged the question. Shan, uh, Sean Hannity even pointed out a couple of times, you're dodging the question. Newsom then tried to say that, well, people from Florida are moving back to California. In fact, recently, somebody uh, put out a, a news, well, it's supposed to be a news story or a poll or something like that. It's garbage. It's It's fake news. That people are leaving California going or leaving Florida going back to California. And that's not true. There's always people moving to California, but the number of people and businesses leaving exceeds it. Oh, I'm sure there are some people who lived in Florida who went to California for a job, but the number of people moving to California from anywhere is way lower than the people who are leaving California and why they say that they're leaving. And Newsom really didn't have anything for that. He didn't have any answer for the high crime rate, for the high taxes, for the high regulations, pooping in the street, needles, stuff like that, you know, for the pornography that wound up in schools, you know, taking parental rights away. I mean, what he did have, I noticed Gavin Newsom spent a lot of time, first off, flat out lying about Ron, what Ron DeSantis thinks. Since Governor Newsom really didn't have anything to argue with, he spent a lot of time just making stuff up and lying. And I listened to Governor DeSantis several times, many times, just going, that's not even true. That's not true. What are you doing? That's a lie. That's not even true. Which the fact of the matter is Newsom just lies. But also Newsom had a lot of personal attacks against DeSantis where he would just insult the guy. So if your opponent during the course of a debate is lying about what you've said and what you think and what you've done, and they're also dropping a bunch of personal insults, do they really bring anything to the debate? The answer is absolutely not. So now you can go back. Uh, Fox News is very proud of this, which I think it was a, a good thing to watch the two debate. I think that was really a, a, a coup for Sean Hannity that he was able to get the two on and actually have a debate. As far as I'm concerned, you can go ahead and watch it because, again, Fox News is really proud. of, And they have it set up so you can either watch the whole thing or just get selected clips on selected topics. So to me, it's, it's, it's summed up this way. Newsom brought nothing to the debate. All he did was lie and insult. Governor DeSantis... Uh, while I may not agree with everything he's done, he's done a lot of really good things and his state is in great shape. And he brought a lot of facts to the table, too. He backed up what he had to say whenever he was talking about something with facts, statistics, numbers, and so on. So in my mind, 
DeSantis of Florida just clobbered Newsom in the debate. Now, what happens next in news media is is just going to be hysterical. You know, there's going to have to be polls now that this is done. And what the poll says is going to depend on who did the poll. As far as I'm concerned, I, unless you have some other opinion, let me know. Use the Wake Up Wyoming app. It's a chat mode there. But as far as I'm concerned, it's already, it was interesting, but it's already over, and we move on back to real life again. And Newsom of California, as always, just does not get reality. He went on a tour a while back around the country asking why more states don't do it like California does it. Yeah, I know. Well, he just doesn't understand the mess that his state's in. This is also the same governor that during the whole COVID thing, when he was demanding that everybody stay home and close their businesses, and if you do accept business, it's only from people who have vaccine cards, and don't meet in large gatherings, wear your mask, and yet he was found breaking every one of those rules himself. So consider the source. He also is the same guy who wants to fight climate change, but again, lives large limousines, corporate jets, stuff like that. So, again, consider the line source. 615, Wake Up Wyoming. Live and local, all across Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 622 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I just found, I wasn't looking for this. I just popped up in front of me, so I saved it and sent it to a couple of people. It's a bumper sticker. We should send this to Governor Gavin Newsom of California. It reads, make it as hard to get welfare as it is a building permit. Oh, my Lord, that's good. Because if you're trying to get some work done, it's really difficult to get permits to go ahead and get work done. But if you want to get welfare, oh, just go in and get it. No problem. Those hands are all right, so uh, since I and I'm not going to spend any really a lot of time going on through the debate last night between Governor Newsom and Governor DeSantis. Again, DeSantis brought actual facts and information. Newsom just lied and insulted. So there, that's all you need to know about who won. In the meantime, I wish we all could be California people still exiting, not just out of the state of California, but trying to leave from one state to the next. Here's a headline for you. Homeowners fleeing San Francisco and Los Angeles in droves for lower cost areas. According to a new report, homeowners are fleeing high cost cities such as San Francisco and Los Angeles in droves searching for affordable housing. So San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego experienced an out-migration. And it, it talks about the numbers just this past year, you know, uh, 25,000, 23,000, 21,000. I mean, imagine that most of Wyoming towns are, are not in anywhere near that site. That's pretty good population. That would empty out several towns. But all right, the top destination... And these are people who are leaving within the state, so they're not doing it well enough. They still want to stay in California. Their top destination from San Francisco was to Sacramento, which received a net inflow of the majority of them. Los Angeles residents, now they left the state. They went to Las Vegas in droves. 
Uh, the cost of housing increases in California. The story says individuals are looking to purchase homes to raise uh, their families. Roughly one in four home buyers are searching for homes outside of their metropolitan areas. Notably, Nashville rose to enter one of the top 10 markets for home buyers with Los Angeles as the top origin from where. So if you're in Nashville, you're getting a lot of people from Los Angeles moving to. Just remember now to tell them when they get there. Just tell them, look, remember why you left California. Not asking you to put on a MAGA hat and vote for Trump. If you don't like that, don't you? Are you still a liberal? I find God, fine. Vote for smaller government. That's all you need to know. Vote for the person who wants to reduce the size and power of government. Lower government regulations and laws. Lower taxes. Okay? That's what you're looking for. Not someone who wants to solve every single problem. I've said this before. Every time we get into an election year... I talk about the one question because, you know, when I wrote the book, The Uncomplicated Life, I like to make things as simple as possible whenever possible. And I found that all I need to do to find out if I'm going to vote for somebody or not is ask one question. And I need to make sure I get an honest answer. One question. You get this gig. We give you this job. What do you plan to do with it? What's your goal here? If they have all sorts of pie-in-the-sky ideas about things that need to be fixed and done for you, the people, and we need to build this program and serve the people this way and et cetera, et cetera, then I'm not voting for them. If their answer is government is the problem, and so I want to reduce the size of government, I'm with you. I really don't need to know a whole lot more other than are they actually going to do that. Here's a quote. A lot of Nashville locals have been priced out of homeownership. But when you're coming from somewhere like California or New York or Illinois, housing prices seem reasonable. Nashville has relatively low property tax and insurance costs and utility prices. So, yeah, in other words, the cost of living in Nashville is expensive. But compare, let me give you an example. Uh, back in October, there's one Nashville home that sold, and this is an average home, just an average home, sold for $448,910, okay? That same house in Los Angeles is almost a million-dollar home. Now, a, a local example, let's take a look at the same homes that are in Jackson Hole, right, and then drive over to someplace like... Uh, Cody, or you can go even a little further than that if you want. You know, go to Lander if you want, or Gillette, Wheatland, places like that. You can go to all sorts of places where that same exact house is a hell of a lot cheaper. And so are the property taxes and et cetera, et cetera. So we do have a microcosm of that here in Wyoming. But the reason that, though, it's so expensive in Wyoming is has very little to do with government and more like the people who have moved to the area who are worth a lot of money and building massive mansions and things like that. And that's what drove up the cost there. It's The costs are not driven up like they are in California for entirely different reasons, which has a, mostly a lot to do with government reasons. So if they wanted to fix it, they could. But your governor, Newsom of California... Doesn't get it. All right. He thinks he's a great governor. He really does. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. 
And uh, that weather forecast for the weekend with Don Day. 645, Don Day has the extended forecast for you. Don't forget, at 8 o'clock this morning, 8.06 to be exact, Governor Gordon joins me for about a half-hour conversation. To Wake Up Wyoming. Serious takes on local politics, or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to tire. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Answering a couple of people here or message me off the Wake Up Wyoming app. What you can do, the app is free to download at your app store. Then, all you have to do is hit the chat option. It's all free. And send me a text message. So, Jim and Casper, Governor Gordon's going to be on from 8.06 to 8.30. And Jim wants to know, basically, what is this about? Damage control interview? Uh hammer him on his carbon capture liberal ideology BS. Well, first off, the governor wrote a budget proposal in his idea actually for more cuts, but other ideas on spending uh, for Wyoming. And he usually calls around this time, especially when it's a budget session, to talk about what he wants to do in this next legislative session. So that's mainly what we're going to talk about. However, I've got to, at some point in the interview, bring up the whole carbon capture thing as to why that's not going to do anything. Whether he believes in CO2 as a pollutant or not is not uh, really the issue. He said that he was going to debate someone on carbon capture, but then decided not to and said, look, I'm just trying to make sure that Wyoming industries are still viable, that we, we can still go for coal, gas, and oil. The problem is, though, and this is what I'll ask him about, the people who want to shut down coal, gas, and oil don't care if we capture CO2 and store it or not. Now, he doesn't want to go just carbon neutral. He wants to go carbon negative. In other words, to capture more CO2 than we put out. And the answer to that is the people who want to shut down organic fuels don't care. They want it all shut down. It doesn't matter how much we capture. So that's not going to solve anything when it comes to are using of coal, gas, and oil. It, it, it's not a strategy that's going to work. Bert, morning, Bert. He's in Cheyenne. Hi, Glenn. Totally off subject. I am confused after hearing the Total Wine and More commercial. Now, I got to tell you, Bert, so you know, I haven't heard the commercial. What I listen to <clears throat> during a commercial break might be very different from what you listen to. In fact, I'm usually busy during a commercial break, so I don't know what's playing. That's not up to me. That's your local radio station will play whatever. But apparently it's a Total Wine and More commercial. Am I supposed to drink responsibly or am I supposed to drink like a 21-year-old? Good question. Yeah, that's a very good question. Because <clears throat> it is sort of counterintuitive there, isn't it? Do you drink responsibly 
Or do you drink like a 21-year-old? I am not sure. Jude is in Casper. Ask the governor, is he invested personally in wind and solar or nuke plant? And are legislators allowed to do this? It's kind of like inside information on projects. That's a good question there, too. Because, you know, I, I do think a lot of Wyoming, getting, and even in Texas, but getting so invested in wind and solar and even carbon capture, it may not always be personal investments, although some of it is. But a lot of the carbon capture part, why did Wyoming get involved in it, is because of the money that comes into the state. You know, we're allowed to write off a lot on uh, federal taxes businesses are, uh, you know, the, the uh, power generating companies are allowed to off write a lot of money because they're carbon capturing. But also they get subsidies for this, too. So it's a for them, it's a money thing. If you wonder why some of these big corporations are so into the carbon capture idea is because the federal government just dumps loads of tax breaks plus subsidies on top of that. If that were to go away, then they wouldn't be interested in doing it. Because it, and even then, they often do a lot of this at a loss anyway. But they, the federal government cannot keep this up. They can't. You know, our federal government is massively in debt. They cannot continue to subsidize this. So the whole idea of carbon capture, which, by the way, what little we are doing right now in the state of Wyoming, is added to your electric bill. You are, you're already paying for this. Your rates have gone up already because of the whole carbon capture scheme that's going on in the state of Wyoming. So I would love to see just an end to it, which is why I had asked uh, some of my own representatives, plus some people who don't represent me directly, but they're in the Wyoming House and Senate. Can we just figure out a way just to put an end to this? Now, in, while... Um, our, we have our current governor just stall him where he is so he can't get any more done. But then we have to make sure as Wyomingites, we have to make sure to get a governor who's just not interested in any of this and wants to get us out of it. So now that's not going to be a major part of the interview. The governor said he wanted to talk about specific things, other issues in Wyoming that he's working on for this next legislative session. And I said, fine, we'll talk about those things. But at some point, I do have to bring that up as well, and I will. 6.42 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. You'll need it for this one. Wake up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Available on demand on the Wake Up, Wyoming app. Forty-eight to time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by, uh, feeling kind of festive. You know, Frank. Everybody's putting up their Christmas decorations, and it's time for the annual decorating of the thermal nuclear devices in uh, Cheyenne. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, make make sure that they, you know, sure, they have that holiday spirit. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, yeah. So you know why? Yeah. It's just a blast. It, <laughs> and what's nice about decorating them is you don't have to plug them in. Those no, lights no, no, just they're, glow they're, on. Yeah, yeah, they just... yeah, that's right. Yeah, all and they'll give you a warm feeling on a cold night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thermal. I, I would feel pretty safe, really. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, for those uh, people in foreign countries, you know, dictators, Frank, 
uh, every time uh, this year, they do reprogram some of the missiles just in case we need to send one down one of their chimneys. Yeah. Now, the beauty of it is, and this, Frank, this is true giving from Wyoming, Mm -hmm. is if we send a nuclear missile as a gift down some dictator's chimney, we don't expect anything back. Right. We should hopefully that will, you know, yeah. kind, of, kind of grab it on the way. And say, you know what? We, yeah. we, we'll take care this of it. This is all yours. You don't need to send a return gift. Yeah. That's okay. Now, for those people who live, I know it's difficult to see when these nukes are decorated up and they're in their silos. I mean, yeah, you can't mm-hmm. really see them. But for those people who are in Cheyenne... As you drive by F.E. Warren Air Force Base, those those nuclear missiles yeah. they have out front, yeah. you know, the, they'll decorate those, too, just to give you an idea of what it looks like down in the silo. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know um, my, my son, for a while, worked at that uh, Quebec One yes. uh, missile facility site, you know, yeah. and, and he said, you know, they, they, they can shoot those things. It takes them about a half hour to get over to uh, Russia, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Your phone today has more computing power than that oh thing yeah, had. yeah. In fact, originally, I mean, when, I mean, I mean, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Sure. When they first set those things up, they didn't even have really any guidance. They basically sort of tilted them in the right direction. The guidance got better. Yeah. Oh, that, that's and, and those things are one. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was one of them. They had like a a guidance thing that was kind of an artifact that they would yeah. show people. It's nuts. I mean, nah, right, yeah. well, pretty, now, pretty, pretty good for the 50s and 60s and 70s. I yeah. mean, really, you know. Yeah. The story that I just told you about the decorating of the thermonuclear devices, I wrote several years ago and posted it. And I, I do every single year I repost that same story. The first time I posted it, the commander of F.E. Warren at the time saw that story. And word got back to me that he just laughed and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. College volleyball, the way I mean, Cowgirls are still alive in the National Invitational Tournament as they defeated South Dakota in four sets down in Greeley, Colorado yesterday. 26-24, 23-25, 25-19, and 25-16. Cowgirls are 21-9. and nine. They got 17 kills from Riley Schultz and Casper Kelly Walsh. Grad Corn Carruth added nine kills. Cowgirls will play Northern Colorado tonight in that tournament in Greeley. If they win, they'll play either Montana State or Sacramento State next week. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be on the road tonight at Portland, not Portland State, Portland. The Pokes coming off, uh, coming into the game with a record of four and two with a big road loss to nationally rated Texas back on Sunday. Portland is four and three and these two teams last met in men's basketball back in 1983. We have 7 p.m. start mountain time. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls have a Sunday matinee game in Stillwater to meet Oklahoma State. Cowgirls are four and two after a nice win over BYU their last time out and Oklahoma State is three and three on the year. Junior college basketball the Casper College men will be at home this evening to meet Colorado Northwestern from Rangeley at 7.30 tonight at the Erickson Gym. T-Birds come in with that matchup with a record of 5-5. Five and five. Casper College women will be in Scotts Bluff tonight to take on Western Nebraska at 5.30. The birds are 5-2 and two so far this year. The LCCC men and women from Cheyenne will be at home tonight to meet North Platte, Nebraska at 5.30 and 7.30. The LCCC men are 5-3 and three and the women are 4-4. Four and four. And the National Finals Rodeo will start on Thursday from Las Vegas. Three guys from Wyoming will be in the big show. Cole Reiner from Buffalo is currently 13th in the PRCA World Standings in the Bearback. Hillsdale, Wyoming native Cody, Bress, Cody Brody Crest is 12th in the World Standings in the Saddleblock. And Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming is 11th. The NFR will start on Thursday and run through the Saturday the 16th at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. That's in sports. I'm listening to those names now. Oh, 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 oh. 
Cody? You said? Brody. Brody. Brody is his name. Okay. Brody Crest, yes. You You mentioned him from time to time. Oh, he's, he he's, he, one year he won the average of the national finals rodeo, made a lot of money. Wow. So okay. this is a big, big dollar rodeo. He's a big dollar. So he's pro now. Yeah. Oh, he, and yeah. It, has, it has been for, 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 for a while. For a while, yeah. He, yeah. he actually, he was a state champion wrestler at Chinese High School. Okay. Because, I mean, I've heard his name for years. Yeah. Good yeah. guy, too. Yeah, okay. Well, it's nice to see he's doing this. But how old is he now, do you think? Oh, I mean, he's mid-20s, maybe mid a little bit older than that. Maybe okay. maybe even older than that. Because I know I've been hearing that name in all sorts of things since I've been in Wyoming. So uh, I guarantee you, if I were to see him right now and he's wearing his vest, he's got sponsorship tags all over. And I think probably some Wyoming-related ones, too. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. And yeah, roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Wake Up Wyoming. Awesome. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So let's see. Miss Mary's out. She started her vacation early, just so you know. We do have a whole list of best of shows for you. I'm out next week. I go down to Florida. I'm leaving Saturday morning really early, and I'm heading down to Florida in part not just to be with family, but also my sister and I want to go back to San Mo Captive Islands where that hurricane last year just slam those islands so we want to see where they're at a year later and it's there's a lot of work to do a lot's been cleaned up but there's a lot of work to do and that's where we grew up so we're going to go ahead and take a look at our hometown among other things and i'll be back about a week after that but miss mary's gone unfortunately the way our system is currently set up when she's gone there's no phones other than my ability to call out so i can't take a call in sorry but i can call out at 806, between 806 and 830, Governor Mark Gordon's going to be on the program. Now, there's some things he wanted to talk about with the upcoming legislative session that he's laid out as plans, which we'll talk about. And people keep asking me, well, could you ask him some question about CO2 sequestration? And, yeah, I, I will have a couple of questions I can toss out about that. That's not going to be the bulk of the conversation, though, but we will go ahead and address that at some point during our conversation for that half hour. So I hope you join me for that. All right. Other than that, there are people who still talk to me. If you ha- if you don't have the Wake Up Wyoming app, it's free. There's a lot of things you can do with it. And one of them is hit the chat mode. When you open up the app, touch chat and send me a text message. And I can respond to that. And I do all morning long. So just go to your app store if you don't have it already and Wake Up Wyoming app. And there you go. Offbeat story for you. So there are certain things that we just love growing up, like mac and cheese, right? And for some of us, McDonald's hamburgers. Headline, McDonald's to revamp burger patties in major fast food overhaul. No more dry patties. All right. The story says, though, the menu will look at the same at McDonald's. 
major change in their most popular menu burgers, Wall Street Journal reported. The Golden Arches says that the new and improved burgers will include um, 50 modifications. He said we can do it quick and fast and safe, but it doesn't necessarily... Well, it, and it's, well, it's got to taste great, right? Or else why? I personally have always enjoyed not so much their burgers. They, you know, to me, that was always, yeah, that's all right. Their fish sandwiches were just great. Although that little, that piece of fish has gotten smaller over the years as the price has gone up. It says, so we want to incorporate quality into where we're at. Says Chris Young, McDonald's Senior Director, Global Menu Strategy. This is where I start to get nervous. The change came as the fast food corporation gears up for an ad campaign, which will feature our best burger ever. Again, and now I'm nervous. <clears throat> Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onion, sesame seed bun. All right. Uh, iconic menu item to their all beef patties cooked in smaller batches. Okay. To make it more uniform, fine. But I, w- I wonder, are they going to have human beings doing that? Well, the era of the burger flipper is coming to an end as burger flippers are demanding more money than they're worth. So, okay, the revamp will include special sauce. Okay. And let me see. Former seed bun will be transformed into a buttery bun. Uh, Doesn't sound so bad. I never could. Do you taste the sesame seeds? I don't. McDonald's headquarters, they've been perfecting the new burger patty for several years, they said. See, this worries me because it kind of goes, remember the way, remember New Coke? Back when the Coca-Cola wars were going on and they tried to bring out New Coke, it was horrible. Didn't last long. All right, it's hotter, it looks meltier, fine. McDonald's burger recipe, he said before it was kind of dry, and so they're trying to get rid of the dry. As long as it's still meat. Don't give me anything artificial in there. I want meat. The new burger burger patties tested in Australia, expected to roll out 2024. Cost of the Midwest uh, will be in all locations. Great, yeah. And then there's a little bit here where they also want to mess with the recipe for mac and cheese. Hmm. Now, I bring all of this up because... In, in to do all of this, I you know they've been working on it for a long time and hope that it, that it works. Well, if they think that it's going to work, that's just great. All I ask of McDonald's is, you know, I, I don't eat there a lot. I really don't. I I like to go there and get one of their little breakfast sandwiches now and then. I enjoy that a good breakfast like uh, the egg McMuffin or whatever. Don't mess with that. Keep that the way it was. I like the egg McMuffin the way it was. They tried messing with their fry recipe in the past, and it flopped. They had to go back to the way they did it before. They tried, I understand, they tried the meatless burger thing for a while. And is that even on the menu anymore? Because I haven't seen it there. Again, I don't go to McDonald's much. But I kind of wonder, is that artificial meat burger even on the menu anymore? I'll have to go check that out. Don't mess with it. I want meat. Okay. And when it gets to their, uh, when it gets to their, uh, was it mac and cheese thing? Well, there's going to be a lot more plant-based items in there. Okay. As long as it tastes like traditional mac and cheese. Just be careful. Don't go woke with your menu, McDonald's. And be careful with this. Because there was a time, and I brought this up before, there was the clear era when a bunch of environmentalists 
said that all of the dyes that we put in our shampoos and in our foods and so on, bad for us, bad for the environment. Okay, they have a point. So then people started coming out with clear everything. And I remember walking up the aisle at the grocery store to buy some cleaning products for home, and I could see through everything because all of the liquids were clear because that's better. It's clear, right? And then we find out making everything clear and transparent like that was worse for us in the environment than putting the dyes in. So they went back to the way it was before. They even came out with Pepsi, came out with a clear Pepsi at the time, which was also a massive flop in the marketplace. So all I'm asking of McDonald's is please, McDonald's, be very careful as you do this. Okay. Craft macaroni and cheese. Let me try this one. Um, let's see. This is a story that I set up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. The new and improved craft macaroni and cheese. Uh, okay. For the first time ever, household staple is going plant-based with a new version of the box favorite container, a dairy-free alternative to its signature cheese from Kraft. It's called Kraft Not Mac and Cheese. That's what they're calling it. And it'll soon be rolled out at grocery stores on shelves with white and cheddar shells. Uh, Kraft partnered with Not Company, a company that makes plant-based foods to create new mac and cheese alternatives, which is responsible for... Uh, they, they just want to make it better for you. Okay. The company's joining a growing trend, they said. Plant-based products. I don't see that as a growing trend. No, they keep trying to sell that to us as a growing trend. It's not a growing trend. Uh, but there's a risk for Kraft, too. The story says customers who have tried dairy-free alternatives sometimes just don't like it. The taste, the consistency. Curiously, uh, Curiosity is a major factor. And, and I like that they put this into the story. The reason when we got to the meat, ba uh, fake meat and plant-based foods that it spikes at first is because people are curious. Like I said, when they first came out with the fake meat burgers, I tried one just to see what exactly does this taste like, what's the consistency like, and so on. And now that I satisfied my curiosity for what they were doing, I went back to what I was eating before. So there's an initial spike in the curiosity of this, but then... Do you think kids are really going to want a uh, more plant-based mac and cheese? I just like the mac and cheese with the little hot dogs in it. Just leave it like that. 7.15, wake up, Wyoming. Covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. One's the time it's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, a couple of things that are on the ridiculously large television that they put in the studio with me here. One of them is that Santos, the, uh, was it, senator that was elected, or House of Representatives that was elected to Congress, and he lied about everything. So right now, Congress is having a bit of a debate, and then they're going to vote on whether to expel him or not. And my thought of this whole thing is, well, considering what we found out about him, not just the line, but also the influence peddling and et cetera, et cetera, uh, yes, he should be run out. 
and while we're at it, we need to get rid of our president for the same thing and most other members of Congress for doing the same thing. While we're at it, I mean, most of the people who will be voting in favor of this should be run out themselves, too. So there's that. Then COP28 is the CO2 conference that's going on right now. And one of the things that gets me, and maybe I'll get into this a little bit more later this morning, but we'll see. But uh, one thing that gets me is talk about jumping the shark and getting desperate. All of uh, even even not just Al Gore, John Kerry, people like that are saying, well, the crisis, it's not a climate change anymore. It's a climate crisis and it's here now and we got to do well they've really they've painted themselves into a corner it was bad enough and you've heard me talk about this i know a lot i I know i talk about it a lot but for all of my life they keep bringing up these predictions of a crisis that's supposed to happen then they make the mistake of putting a date. This crisis will happen by the, the North Pole is going to be out of ice every summer in the summertime by this date. You know, the, there's continents that are going to be inundated by floodwaters by this date. One of my favorite ones, the Maldive Islands are supposed to be underwater by now. The date has come and gone. But instead now, since all of these predictions that they've made haven't happened, Instead, what they're doing is saying, the crisis is here right now. This is it. This is the tipping point. We have arrived. They've really painted themselves into a corner. Because as we pass now and we get into the future and things really haven't changed because, you know, yeah, we have our occasional floods and droughts and hurricanes. We always have had those things. They're not more intense than ever before. They're trying to tell you that we're in crisis mode right now, but we're not. Nothing unusual is happening. So what do they do after now has happened and people just continue living their daily lives? What then? They have to paint some kind of new crisis? Where do you go from here after you've said that it's happening now, the crisis is happening now? I really think they've painted themselves into a corner on this one. But that's what happens when you jump the shark. And if you know the television show reference for Jump the Shark, thank you for watching Happy Days. Appreciate it. So, oh, Milo in for danger. Um, Santos, Congressman Santos, what is his voting record? You know, actually, I don't know what his voting record is. I, I know he's supposed to be a Republican, but I've never tracked his voting record or not. I just know he lied about everything to get in. And then while he's been there, he's been busted for trying to influence pedal, like every other member of Congress does. So, all right. Another side, I know I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. I know I'm just trying to clear some things off of our docket before we get into the weekend here. So that story that came up earlier this week, there was the kid who went to the football game and he was dressed up. He was wearing the jersey, the red jersey, number 87. He's rooting for the Chiefs. He's wearing a Indian chief headdress. And then he had painted his face half black, half red, which are the colors of this team, right? And you remember hearing the story that popped out about this kid was seen wearing blackface until the camera pans around. And we see the whole get up and you realize, no, he's not wearing blackface. That's not what's going on. 
All right, here's the latest on this. At least it says, this is from the Western Journal. Well, at least some sports journalists are willing to admit the obvious of misleading online bashing Kansas City Chiefs fan. One reporter said, I am an idiot. I'm glad he did that. He's admitting, I am an idiot. Not that it helped much, but okay. Uh, Remember the, well, I can get into the story of Nicholas Sandman. That's a different one. That was the young man who was standing out in front of the Supreme Court when he was surrounded by American Indians who were there to protest something else. And they were beating on the drums and chanting, and he had no idea why they were doing it. And so the the press raked him over the coals as if he was the bad guy. He was just standing there wondering, why are they chanting? And he ended up suing the press for million, hundreds of millions of dollars. He's rich now, that young man. Well, okay. Uh, one outlet wrote the most scathing piece about that youngster at the football game. And I think that, I mean, it was really bad. And that's the one that went viral about him wearing blackface. I think this kid and his family should sue. Well, let's take a look at, um, there's Nicholas Sandman, again, the guy who did sue, who was declared to be racist by the press when he just stood there saying nothing. Kyle Rittenhouse, remember that? He was labeled a white supremacist and all this kind of stuff. Well, he, of course, was found innocent in a court of law and found it was just self-defense. Now, there's this young man. Now, in each case, I know that Sandman sued the media and walked away with, again, a lot of money. He's set for life. That didn't teach them anything in the media. So now we have Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, I don't know if Kyle is suing. I I thought I heard that he was, but I don't know how that's going. He should sue the media and walk away with hundreds of millions of dollars as well. Let me do some damage to these people. And this young man who's wearing the chief's makeup and headdress and so on, they only showed the blackface, and then they tried to call him racist, et cetera, et cetera. So... To further teach a lesson to the media, I would like to see his family uh, sue, and that way this kid is just set for life. If this happens enough, at some point, maybe when enough damage is done, the news media finally starts get to get the idea that they actually have to report true stories for one thing but do a little bit of investigation not just launch into hyperbole because they saw something and they're reacting to it and all of the outrageous things that they're saying they're getting a bunch of clicks so keep saying it because people are clicking like crazy and that's good for ratings and that's why we sell advertising the more damage the done the better as far as I'm concerned as far as getting media back on track so to the family of this young man, now that the media is admitting that they completely blew it, please sue them for as much as you can get to try to really teach the lesson. And let's hope their ratings tank at the same time. 7.30 is the time. Update on your weather forecast comes right after local news. Wake up, Wyoming.
possible. The only show broadcasting from a bunker under Devil's Tower. Hey, it's cold down here. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, 6 a.m. weekdays on AM 1030 and FM 95.1. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Still, I know the world's on fire, the situation's dire. A lot of work and courage gonna be required, but I'm just happy to be here. So, on the kid that was wearing the uh, whole get up there at the football game, but of course, again, the media just focused on the side of his face that was painted black. He's wearing blackface. <clears throat> several people, DJ and Gillette, Chet and Yoder, and several others, want me to bring up that the kid is a full, is he full blooded? I believe so. Uh, American Indian. And dad, a high chief. Uh, and grandpa, oh, grandpa is an, uh, an elder in there. So it's not like he's culturally appropriating anything, is he? I also think it's interesting that the, the family shows up to the Chiefs football game. Now, there are some people who would say, well, it's a Chiefs football game. That's cultural appropriation right there. That's racist. You got to get, you know, you got to change the name of that football team. Excuse me. There's members of a local tribe that are showing up to the games, and they love the fact that the team is named the Chiefs. They think it's really cool. And so they show up wearing their native headdresses and so on because, hey, this is really, once again, destroying a narrative, right? That's something else that should be covered by, and you know it's not going to be, your obsolete, irrelevant news media should cover that side of the story. What What about that? The fact that there's a football team named the Chiefs and all of these local American Indians that live right nearby love going to the game and cheering on the Chiefs. Because as far as they're concerned, the name honors them. So, yeah, the kid's there in in full dress, which is part of his heritage. He's not culturally appropriating anything. So there's your news media for it. You know how they are. This is why I've covered so many stories over the years about news media that will grab something and not even investigate it and just run with it. There's so many examples. Let's use this one again. The example that popped up a while ago of the kid who said Americans use 500 million straws a day and half of them wind up in the ocean. Not a word of that is true. He was all over the news, though, right? They find some interesting hot headline, they think anyway. And they grab that and they just run with it and nobody bothers to stop and check. Before we put this out there, is this true? That's why that one, I will give credit to that one reporter. He blew it. He made a mistake. He ran with the story because it looked exciting. And then when he found out none of it was true, he stopped and said, I apologize. I was an idiot. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do as a reporter. Hey, I heard this is going on. Really? You sure? Let's go investigate a little bit before we run with this. And sort of, if you will, using the scientific method, we will go ahead and gather every bit of evidence that we can and let the evidence lead us to a conclusion. We will not show up already concluding what we think has happened and then go searching for evidence to support that which is what a lot of news media does. This is why what I call lazy journalism. You know, they just want something that's a headline, and so they grab it and they run with it. But where's the investigation? And how many times have we talked about people in news media who 
all to them research is let's just google it now google's not even reliable anymore if you want decent information you can't really use google as reliable decent information that you can't but what about the idea of well first off let's pick up the phone let's email some people let's pick up the phone we start there next let's go there let's grab some cameras and some microphones and we'll actually go there and we'll take a look at the situation and talk to people and don't show up with any preconceived ideas whatever you were told was going on do not show up with a preconceived idea that that's what's going on that's why you'll hear me say on a I made those mistakes in the past that's why you hear me say on a regular basis I'm not going to comment on that because I don't know I wasn't there you can go ahead and draw conclusions if you want based on what you heard but in most cases you're wrong we all are and news reporters very much do the same thing journalism has always been bad but it really got bad in today's age not just with bias but with lazy and lazy bias I see I-80 John and Granny Canyon Glen. There are a group of Native Americans that are uh, suing the Washington football team for getting... Re- oh, yeah, I do remember that. So there was the Redskins name for the Washington football team. And they had to get rid of that name because that's racist and cultural appropriate. It was given to them by Native Americans. And so, yeah, American Indians want that name back. Once again, destroying the narrative of your cultural appropriation crowd. 742, wake up. And we're back. Sorry, we were busy tricking pescatarians into eating Rocky Mountain oysters. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Seven forty-five is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, again, a bit on the cool side this morning, but my understanding doesn't entirely last, does it? What does not entirely last? Well, the cold air where I'm experiencing right now. Well, it's not going to really warm up very much. I mean, oh, okay. we're going to we're going to remain chilly. It is pretty cold out there this morning, and the last couple of days we've had some cold air come in, but now. We're focusing our attention, Glenn, on on just a big influx of Pacific moisture with those strong Pacific jet stream winds. Okay. Now, that wind that comes in, as I was mentioning to you yesterday, it comes in, but it seems to really just hit those uh, usual areas, whereas you've mentioned before, it's like your finger over the thumb of a garden hose. Yeah, and the the usual areas, Cody, I call it the three C's, Cody, Casper, Cheyenne, basically right along the Cottonell Divide and east of the divide is where the winds will be the strongest. Looks like the worst of the winds will probably be along I-25 in the southeast, that Wheatland, Chugwater, Cheyenne area. Then uh, along Interstate 80 from Cheyenne to Rollins, get this, Glenn, the National Weather Service has posted a high wind watch that doesn't go for just a day or two. It's a four-day high wind oh, watch. Wow. Okay. It goes from tonight late all the way through Monday night. Um, as the, the, the pattern and the way the winds aloft, the way the direction of the winds are aligning, uh, there will be some areas that are just hit with persistent wind for several days. Now, there'll be some areas that have a little bit of a wind shadow. Uh, and then we, we have this snow that's coming to the mountains. And then we have some of the snow showers coming off the mountains onto the plain. So there's actually quite a bit going on this weekend. 
a wide variety of weather, and it really will be different depending on where you are. Okay. Now, we get out of this weekend here. It's still just a, a, a real good mix, it sounds like, of all sorts of things going on for the next week. It's not, I don't see a, a steady day, if you will, or a steady few days where the weather just remains the same. Well, certainly not through not through the weekend and into Monday. We, we do have a little bit of a gap in the weather next week around, I would say, between Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Okay. If you're yeah. wanting to travel, wanting to do something outside, that's the best weather we see. Late next week and next weekend, we've got another system approaching and coming our way. So this weekend is going to be uh, – it's just going to be kind of blah, really. Yeah. It, but, uh, of course, the best week does appear to be right in the middle of the week and not the weekend. Our, our timing is all off now, Glenn. Uh, we had a while there for a good part of the, the year where weekend weather was good and the yeah. weekday weather, we've we kind of flipped the script there, I'm afraid. Well, if you could arrange it then so the next holiday when all the relatives shows up, uh, the, the weather just sucks. Kind of like what it did over Thanksgiving? Yes. You see, okay. that saves us so a I, lot of trouble. I would appreciate it. All right. <laughs> hey, I'm out for a week, so I'll see you one week from now. All right. I hope you don't freeze to death down now, there. Now, yeah, I'm bringing the cold weather with me. Thank you. No, I mean, I hate to, I hate to do that to my sister, but as I, when I look at the weather forecast, as I head down to Florida next week to be with family, I'm bringing cold air right behind me. She's not going to be happy about that, but okay. Off we go to the ice box to talk to Frank Gambino. So, oh, I hate that, Frank. I had this all lined up, ready to go with you. Then I just closed off the box. It's it's okay. Let's bring this up. Why would you dare go back in to that scary room in the back of our studios? Well, I was looking for a power cord. Okay. There there are power cords in yes. our engineering room, which uh-huh. is um, piled up with cables and yes. old computers mm-hmm. and yeah. monitors mm-hmm. and um. You, you need like a, it's it's like excavating. Yes. And, and, and archaeology. Yes, it is. So our old our engineer who used to be here, just so you know, folks, was a slob. Frank, I would hate to see what his house looks like. Well, it, 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 that room looks like uh, a hurricane went through it. Yes, it does. A hurricane with several tornadoes around the sides in the middle. But I did find yes. a power cord. Okay, you did. Okay. Now I'm looking for an HDMI to an HDMI. Oh God! Are you so, actually- so there's a, there's like a big tub. Yeah. Of, I mean, I mean, deep cables. I'm like. You know, maybe yeah. it's just quicker for me to go to the store. It I'm might <laughs> be. Well, first off, it might be quicker to go to the store. And I'm afraid that if you go back in there again, if you do manage to find the door to get back yeah, out, yeah, yeah. we're going to have to give you a tetanus shot or something like that. It's um, it, it's an experience. It really it, is. It, yeah. if, if, if somebody had not been here and we say, okay, now don't go in there. Yes. Don't go in there. Right. And then they went in there and be like, <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Now, here, here's the thing. Uh the room, though, actually looks better than it did before he left. I don't believe that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've seen it. And I, uh, w- on one occasion, I went into that room. While he was still working here, I went into that room to get something. And I was literally stepping, high-stepping over piles oh, of stuff yeah. just to find one little thing, which he swore. It's right there on my desk, he said. Yeah, uh-huh. right. I can't even find the desk. And folks might think I'm exaggerating. I am not. So that entire room, we need to just get somebody in there who can go through everything and do some kind of organization. Because if you go down to our Cheyenne station, that engineer is really anal about where everything goes. And his room is in just immaculate condition all the time. Well, maybe we should bring him here. How about that? 
College volleyball, the Wyoming Cowgirls were still are still alive in the National Invitational Tournament. They defeated South Dakota in four sets in Greeley, Colorado yesterday afternoon, 26-24, 23-25, 25-19, and 25-16. The Cowgirls are 21-9 and and got 17 kills from Riley Schultz. And Casper Kelly Walsh, grad Corn Cruz, added nine kills. Cowgirls will play Northern Colorado tonight in Greeley. If they win, they will play either Montana State or Sacramento State next week. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be on the road at Portland tonight. Not Portland State, just Portland. The folks coming on into this game with a record of 4-2 and two after a big road loss to nationally rated Texas back on Sunday in Austin. Portland is 4-3. and three. These two teams last met in men's basketball back in 1983. That's a 7pm start Mountain Time. We'll have that for you on KG Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls with a Sunday matinee game in Stillwater to meet Oklahoma State. Cowgirls are 4-2 and two after a really nice win over BYU their last time out. And Oklahoma State is 3-3 three and three on the year. Junior college basketball. The Casper College men at home tonight to meet Colorado Northwestern from Rangeley at 7.30 at the Erickson Gym. The T-Birds come into that matchup with a record of 5-5. Five and five. The Casper College women will be in Scott's Buff tonight to take on West Nebraska at 5.30. Their birds are 5-2 and two so far. The LCCC men and women from Cheyenne will be at home tonight to meet North Platte, Nebraska at 5.30 and 7.30. And the LTRIP men are 5-3 and three. the LTRIP women are 4-4. Four and four. In the National Finals Rodeo will start on Thursday from Las Vegas. Three guys from Wyoming will be in the big show. Cole Reiner from Buffalo is currently rated 13th in the PRCA World Standings in the Bearback. Hillsdale, Wyoming native Brody Crest, 12th in the World Standings in the Saddlebrunt. And Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming is currently 11th. The NFR will start on Thursday from the Thomas and Mack Center and then run uh, through Saturday the 16th in Vegas. That's it in sports. So you can go. How do you watch that? It's on uh, RFD TV. So okay. it's, on, it's on live every night. Okay. About, you know... 8.45 in the evening, something like that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I cannot tell you how many people go from Wyoming to that rodeo. I and, and, it, yeah. and also part of it, too, is that there's a big shopping thing there called yeah. the, like Cowboy Christmas. Oh. And a lot of Wyoming vendors go and they have a huge breakfast to be that, that's for, for Wyoming people only. The governor's there and only like 80, 90 people. They make those Wyoming artists and stuff like that make money hand over fist oh, yeah. because the the folks from California come also to the NFR too and they buy this stuff because they can't find it there. No, yeah, well, and it's uniquely Wyoming. You, so, to, I, totally. I last year got my brother in law for Christmas a Red Rider BB gun. You know, the one from the movie. Right? Oh. Which you, you can, can put your eye out with that. Oh, yes, you can. Which, by the way, you can get. I could have picked it up in Florida, but no, no, no. I got it no, from no. the Tri-County Mercantile in Chugwater, Wyoming, just so I could say, and this gun came from Chugwater, uh, Wyoming. Yes. So top that. That means a lot. That does mean. So all of these vendors go down. Hey, oh, made, it's, made, it's, it's huge. Huge. It's huge. Made in huge, Wyoming. Huge. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business. News time. Weather forecast. Governor Gordon joins me for a half hour conversation starting at 8.06. Wake up, Wyoming. <laughs> Awesome. 
6 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Friday, and I'm glad you made it. My name is Glenn Woods. We're going to take at this half hour of the program to talk with Governor Gordon because we have a legislative session coming up soon, and there's a few things that he wanted to talk to you about. And some listeners did send some questions in advance by using the chat option on the Wake Up Wyoming app. So if I can squeeze those in, I'll go ahead and do that. Governor Mark Gordon's on the phone. And, Governor, the first big important question that every listener has out there is how's that beard thing working out for you? <laughs> well, it's the first of December, and now it's up to the first lady as to whether it stays uh, on. I see. That was going to be my second question. How is she handling the beard thing? Is she liking this? Well, she's uh, still, um, I, I guess, a little bit uh, undecided. Okay, okay. See, I was for you going full David Letterman down to the chest on there. By the way, oh. lot, you and me both, a lot of gray in there. I know, I know. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> yeah, this, this job, your job, they probably make that a little bit grayer. Yeah, that kind of happens. Let's get right into this because you have a whole pile of things that you have lined up as we get near the next legislative session here. And one of the first ones there is you have a budget proposal that are there cuts in this proposal? Because I know the money that was coming from the federal government due to COVID is not really there anymore. No, that's right. And and I'm glad you brought that up, Glenn. Uh, You you know, back in 2020, we lost a third of the revenue and nobody was, nobody was drilling. Nobody was, uh, um, traveling and so our demand on our natural resources that have been so good for us was all kind of cut and we had to go as you remember through uh, three phases of cuts those three the first two cuts are still in place and that third phase uh we we had done um and, and mind you, these are these are not easy. You know, I, I can still remember people yelling at me about closing rest areas uh, and how dumb that was. But you, you know, we had to weigh that between that and seniors' uh, care and other things. And the legislature actually put back in one-time funding. Uh, some of those programs. So this 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 is a very uh, lean budget. It does it does reflect uh, a little bit of the inflation, um, and so. Uh, but the most important thing here is trying to bring it to ground to keep our services uh, and 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 keep moving forward for the state. Okay, but now at the same time, we have to wonder about what does it look like for revenue coming in? How are we doing there? And I just mean, you know, the regular tax revenue and, of course, what we get out of things like coal, gas, and oil. You bet. You bet. Um, well, and uh, let me be quite honest. This is the worst. This is a nightmarish uh, administration for us. You, you know, we've got layoffs going on down in Rock Springs now because – the Office of Surface Mining, even though I've written them two or three times, uh, has not performed their duties to expand that mine. So we've got people being laid off. We obviously, and I know this has been a conversation we've had over and over and over again on federal minerals where we're uh, hoping to produce oil and gas. We are having a real struggle getting permits out. We have, I think, 18 rigs running in the state now. Compare that to before uh, in in uh, 2020, early 2020, we had 33 rigs running. Um, it is uh, we, it's been an interesting situation because this Biden administration, by putting their foot on the neck of fossil fuels, uh, 
has actually made them much more valuable. So while we've seen the volume go down a little bit, the prices have gone up, and that has made it a little bit better for Wyoming. And we do have a little bit of running room, but I'm very cautious about what that looks like going forward. And I think I read somewhere that some money had been set aside, a good chunk of money, to engage in some lawsuits about all of this regulation. Yeah, there's a there's a part of the budget that's called the Federal Natural Resource Policy Account, FNERPA. And uh, that, that money has been set aside to help counties uh, either with litigation or with uh, information or just planning and lots of other things to deal specifically with, with federal land management policy actions. It's really significant now when you look at the Rock Springs uh, Resource Management Plan, which is, uh, again, also a disaster. Um, and, uh, you, you know, what really is frustrating about this administration, and I'll be very direct about it, this, this administration is savvy enough that they know when you do, when you issue a rule, it can be litigated. When you, uh, when you uh, make a decision, it can be litigated. So most of what they're doing is in policy and guidelines. Can't litigate on those things. Um, and so it's been extremely frustrating. Uh, when we were doing oil and gas leasing, it was just, we're pausing. We're, we're just, we're just contemplating what we need to do next. It wasn't, we were putting a moratorium on. The, the, you know, the net effect is the same, but one of them we can litigate on. We've got 30 some odd lawsuits right now against the federal government to try to get them to move off dead center but it has been incredibly frustrating and there's more to come yeah now uh change the topic here property tax relief because when it comes to you know not just getting a job keeping a job but also keeping the home as well and in some communities in wyoming it's gotten outrageously out of control so you've offered a partial i'm calling it a partial solution for that the 20 million dollar property tax relief and savings how does this work Right. Well, and, and, you know, Glenn, it's important to recognize that for people living on fixed incomes, families facing changing employment circumstances, others that, you know, live on a tight budget, the assessed valuations that have gone up because people love Wyoming and are buying property sight unseen, uh, you're, you're right. 25%, I think, is what our, our uh, taxes went up in Johnson County. Uh, and, and that's just devastating. Uh, so what we've what we've really focused on, and and I think it's also important, Glenn, for people to realize that those property taxes they go to the county, they don't go to the state, they go to the county, um, and and so whatever relief we give, we've got to figure out how we're going to be able to backfill that so that the counties can still do things like clear the roads and and so on that that, that they that they need to do. So what we did, um, we put in property tax relief that was through the treasurers uh, that that people could uh, write the treasurer, explain their circumstances that met the circumstances they they could uh, they were eligible for some relief. And that about nine thousand families in Wyoming took advantage of that program. We actually expanded I used some extra money I had to augment what the legislature had actually uh, already appropriated in the last uh, effort that we did. I doubled that this going into this next year. I, I think it is a property, a partial property tax relief. It is 
really targeted at the, trying to get to the people that need that property tax relief the most. Um, but I know the legislature's got a ton of different eff- efforts that they're looking at too. Yeah. Well, that's where I think to solve the problem, we really have to change our methods or whatever that might look like. Although last legislative session, a lot of ideas were thrown up, but nothing moved its way through. Do you see anything coming this year that might give some people hope for just a different way of calculating maybe? Yeah, I think that I think there are a couple of things. I do believe that there's going to be a um, constitutional amendment. Uh, proposed that will allow us to finally divide commercial property out from residential, uh, and that that would provide an opportunity to build a new class that would be have less of a you know less of a demand on on how much the residential property would have to put in. I, I, there are two or three other bills that I think are really looking at ways that um, they they can redo the calculations. Uh, and there's also some that are sort of uh, somewhat time limited. So in other words, because we had the big real estate boom that we did have, uh, and that lags. I mean, it's interesting. You know, you're talking about a year lag. So you have the, the uh, assessed valuations rise because property values are going up, and that takes a year to take place. And then if they start to do decline a little bit. It takes a year after that before that shows up in the assessed valuations. So I think there's a couple of really responsible efforts out there. All right. I got to pay a couple of bills, Governor. Grab a cup of coffee and we'll be right back with you in a moment. It's 816. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Once a time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Back we go to the phones with Governor Gordon is waiting by. So, Governor, Robert and Cheyenne would like to know if there's any plans to or any changes to dealing with corner crossing issues in Wyoming. Uh, well, that's that's interesting. There may be, a, a, from from the point of view of this office, um, we're, we're going to leave that to the legislature. I think there are couple of bills. I think Barry Crago had a bill last year uh, to look at uh, trying to figure out how to uh, address that that particular issue. It's a it's an important issue, um, and, and and I know people have very strong points of view on it. Uh, I'd love to say that I can do something about it, but uh, it's up to the courts and then ultimately the legislature to see what they can do. Okay. Now, I'm not uh, too up to speed on this one, but Kevin in Wheatland, I wonder if the governor has any plans for dealing with the problem with the emergency medical services in Wyoming. If there's a problem, I'm not aware of what that is, though. Yeah, there, there, there is a problem, uh, Glenn, and, and, and the problem is this. We don't really have uh, a solid way of funding emergency medical services. The legislature's been looking at this for, for about um, a year, maybe a little bit more. Uh, we have these various districts, and we've been trying to regionalize it to make it much more uh, efficient. Um, but uh it it is it's a it's a struggle and earlier this year uh Niobrara came to uh the state loan and investment board and asked for funding for um a replacement um ambulance uh, they had an ambulance that was not um, 
really particularly um, reliable. And uh, they were looking for funding out of our emergency. So in the State Loan Investment Board, we have mineral royalty grant money. So some of the money that's paid from our mineral exploration goes, the legislature gives us a certain portion of that. Um, we've divided it between mineral royalty grants that we can give to communities to do various things with that, you know, water projects, et cetera. Uh, and then we set aside some for emergencies. And in this particular case, the, the, the notion was, well, it's an emergency vehicle that we need. We can't afford it. Um, can you give us this, this money from your emergency fund? Those are really tough calls because uh, the town of Opal a couple of years ago, the entire lining of their water tank uh, fell off in the tank. That's something we keep those emergencies for. Rollins lost its water supply. That's where we need to keep a certain amount of dry powder for that. Uh, so we need to figure out a way to fund uh, these emergency medical services. Uh, we have been we have been trying to bring a little more logic to them. Um, that from just for an example, the one of the sort of screwball things about this is that we have a district, uh, emergency management district that I think runs roughly from Shoshone to Niobrara and up through KC. You know, it, it's kind of centered on uh, Casper being the response area, but it, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to look at it that way. So I think what we're looking at is a way to be able to fund those emergency services uh, and make sure that uh, we do we do it in an adequate way. Okay, but now that's dipping into some savings account funds there. How is that fund looking after all we've been through? Well, our, uh, you know, there are a series of, of savings accounts. Some of them we cannot touch at all, uh, and some of them that we, we can. The MRG program is an appropriation that's intended every year uh, to, to, be, uh, to be used uh, through the biennium, and um, that, that fund is on track. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember how much we have uh, – Set aside for that emergency piece. I think it's maybe seven, eight million, uh, something like that. Um, and and then the other the other fund is uh, uh, a little bit larger. Okay. Now we did have uh, we, we've got to get. I've got a lot of people asking me to ask you about this. So when it came to a comment you had made at Harvard University and a little bit of a dust up with your own political party and carbon sequestration, and you didn't want to get into a debate about that, but you said essentially, and I want to hear it in your own words, not not what was said through the media, that basically you were trying to set Wyoming up so we can continue to do business in the current age that we're in. Yeah, well, and, and look at this. Uh, we have COP28 starting up now. All the talk is about shutting off how fast we can shut off fossil fuels. It's being hosted by uh, a Middle Eastern country, and they're all mad because how can you possibly do this in an oil-rich country, et cetera, et cetera. So, so my point uh, in, and I, you know, we can all talk to ourselves, uh, and we all know um you know, kind of how we feel about it. But my point is that this administration has set up and they've set their regulations to discriminate against fossil fuels. Now, they say this is about climate change and they say this is about carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but 
really it's focused on shutting off fossil fuels, and that's, of course, our lifeblood. Uh, and what we did, and I think it was back in 2020 uh, and 2021, we, we pointed out that, and I did this in my state of the state, that, um, that, that through fossil fuels, we can actually do uh, a great job of reducing CO2 in the atmosphere, and we don't put anybody out of work, and we don't, uh, you know, change what is really important for energy supply, which is reliability. Uh, and, and, and that's really where I've been pushing. I did also, when I was there, uh, point out that coal, because, you know, that, and, and, and here's the thing, in that whole discussion uh, around climate over the last several decades, Electric generation from coal has declined from 50% down to somewhere around 18%, some, somewhere in, in that neighborhood. Now, if you follow the logic of the Biden administration, they would say, well, that's a good thing because we're taking coal offline. And, but, but the fact of the matter is that they have, we have also seen CO2 emissions rise. So this is a misguided effort on their part, but there is a tremendous amount of effort and energy going into doing something to kill the very industries that Wyoming depends on. And we've been putting a stake in the sand and saying, look, not only can we deal with climate, but we can do it in a way that you can still turn your lights on, still have a hot house, still be able to drive. Uh, you don't have to buy new electric cars. You don't have to wait for several hours at a charging station. This world is doing quite well. Thank you very much. And we can do some good things around the margins that will make it better. All right. Hey, thank you for coming on. We're about to get cut off by the news here. Anytime you'd like to come on here and talk about some of these things, you're always welcome, Governor. And uh, let, let me know what the wife thinks about the final verdict on the beard. I will, Glenn, and safe travels. Thanks so much. All right. Coming up on some local news we got to take care of. Weather forecast right after that. And you and I get into it. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Awesome. Start your day the right way. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 836 of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, I only have so much time with the governor, so I got in as much as I could. When we got to the whole carbon sequestration issue, the only problem I had there was I was looking at the clock going, oh, come on. Because there's so much we try to cram into such a short period of time. I'm really looking at this going, oh, come on. Because there's a couple of things I want to say him about that, and then the clock ran out. But that's the time that I had with because, well, first off, as far as the question I asked him about the whole carbon sequestration thing, I like to get past the rhetoric and the media, the news media, on something like this. And just what does the governor really think? So I just I asked him a question and then just let him explain it in his own words. There you heard it directly from him. Now you know why he's doing what he's doing, the way he thinks that he does. I still disagree with him. 
big time. But now you know directly from him, well, at least I got that out of it before the clock ran out. And I'm sorry I wasn't able to ask the question that I wanted to, which was it doesn't seem to me like you mentioned COP28, which is the big uh, climate conference going on right now in the Biden administration. And no matter what, they want to keep all coal, gas and oil in the ground. Period. Permanently. Which is why I wanted to bring up to the governor, why bother getting involved in carbon sequestration and carbon capture? When no matter what we do, they want to shut it all down. And the real answer to this for the American people is to no longer elect people like we have in this current administration who want to do this. I would love to say to the American people, realistically now, whatever your views on a changing climate and all that kind of stuff might be, do you honestly know how not just energy works, but everything that you have works in today's modern world? And we've talked about this before. If you kept coal, gas, and oil in the ground, what do you have left? What works? What can we do to you realize where that would put humanity? First off, how many people would die? The bulk of the human population because of the way we are in our modern world today, the bulk of the human population wouldn't survive. it. When you realize all that we do with coal, gas and oil. So we can't just go ahead and shut it down. It doesn't work that way. I think the real answer here to solving this is to have an honest conversation with, as far as America is concerned, with the American people. i give you a side example of this, where I'm going with this. I read an article earlier this week. There are Democrats who are a single-issue voter. They take a look at a candidate's stance on abortion. And that's how they vote. As long as the candidate is pro-abortion, that's how they vote. They don't really look at anything else. I would like to get people, just to be honest, just ask, do you know if we were to keep all coal, gas, and oil in the ground, if we were to stop using it, what that would honestly mean for society? Well, you can get into the whole uh, climate change issue and so on. Do you understand what that does and how many people die overnight? If you're really worried about saving humanity, saving the children, on that note, let me go back to, and this is on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Give me just a moment, please, when I scroll back. And I wanted to see, I wanted to get this guy on the program, but he was already book solid, which I will send a note to him saying, hey, you kind of blew it. There's a gentleman, which you've heard me mention before, who wrote a book called The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. And he's got another book out now. Uh, and he also is a founder of the, let me see, uh, Global Persons. Okay, I'm, I'm looking for the name of his organization here. Central for Industrial Progress. And his new book is Fossil Future. Now, he's speaking in Casper, Wyoming, at Casper College tonight at 6 p.m. He's a guy who's testified in front of Congress. and so We need to hear more from people like him. And, and, of course, it's very difficult for him to get on regular news media. The regular news media out there across America doesn't like talking to people like him because he makes too much sense. He completely destroys their arguments. But these are people that we need to hear more from as he makes the case in this latest book, Why Global Human Flourishing Requires More Oil, Coal, and Natural Gas, Not Less. In other words, it's better for the planet, better for us, 
if we use more of this stuff, not less of this stuff. And it's a you're going to talk until you're blue in the face if you're trying to convince someone like Biden or Al Gore or Nicasio Cortez or many other world leaders. Talk to your blue in the face. They they're not listening, and we're not going to get anywhere by trying to convince them. What you've got to do is convince people to vote differently, which can be done. R.H. Wiggins, Colorado. Hi, Glenn. I'll bet China wants our coal, gas, and oil uh, in, in the ground so they can come on and take it later for themselves. Well, okay. And, and here's a thought, though. Um, China and India, to name two. The governor said that use of coal is down in the United States. But worldwide, which is I ran out of time before I could mention a governor, worldwide, the use of coal is up, way up. Way up. So is the use of natural gas and oil. While they're having this uh, climate discussion right now, this COP28 discussion, with all these world leaders, who, by the way, all flew there in private jets and so on. While they're having that discussion, they're all really hypocritical about this because across the world, the the world is using more organic fuels than ever before, not less. Lori's in Laramie. Uh, yep, thank you. He, Macon, Delfinger, and two other state legislators were at Alex Epstein's presentation yesterday. So we heard Alex's perspective and logic and research. Good. That's Lori in Laramie where Alex Epstein was speaking yesterday. And he's going to be tonight in Casper, Wyoming. What got me, though, was we were trying to get him on, Mary and I were trying to get him on this program. Well, he's book solid. Now, I understand he's very bit We've been trying to get him on this program for a while. When he first came out with his first book, I had him on the air with me a couple of times. But this is one of those things. I'm going to have to let them know uh, where you heard him, Laurie, and where we are here up at Casper College, too, and so on. When you have a guest like this, get them on this program. Chris and Casper, the trouble with Gordon's position is that he wants to trim the cells and get just along. Uh, well, Governor, a governor who yeah, we need a governor who will fight is what he's saying. We elect a bean counter instead of a fighter. Well, that's true. I really do want to see someone who will honestly fight for Wyoming, and that's why I've said in in the future I would like to see not only our state legislators but our governor as well as people who will just ditch this whole idea of again carbon sequestration gets back to work. Realize your governor doesn't run the coal mines, nor does your state legislator or the president, but they can do things that affect their performance. Government is not supposed to be involved in providing power for you, electricity and so on, but they will get involved in it, the performance of it. It's through regulation and so on. And so we need to find people who are more open free market idealists rather than people who want to fight this mythical idea of climate change. Jedediah on the road. How do we stop the nuclear plant in Wyoming? I don't know about everyone else, but I don't like the idea of being downwind of this plant. Hmm. There's an interesting one, Jedediah. I would love to see what the people in Wyoming really think because there's a split on this. There's folks like you who don't want it, and there's other people who think it's a great idea. Oh, the, by the way, Jedediah, there's a new story out. There are those who are trying to make sure that the uranium for this nuclear power plant in Wyoming comes from Wyoming. We'll see what they how they're able to do that. If not, I agree. With you. I mean, uranium is right here. Might as well use it when it's right here. But the problem is the processing for that uranium is not right here. That's that's the big problem. 
845 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Forty-eight's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Now and then, Frank, I give you a story, and I know you're just not believing me, right? No, there's a lot of things I don't believe. <laughs> no, it's okay. You. Well, it does not mean I'm reading it from a news source. Okay. So, well, okay. well, yeah, that that, yeah, all, that, that, that tells you everything. Lot, right there. Yeah. Man shocked to discover a source of his headache for five months was a pair of chopsticks inside his skull. Well, and how did he find out it was in there? Uh-huh. How did they get in there without him how knowing it? How did they get it? in there? Yeah. That did somebody stab him with chop? Okay. Is this from the National Enquirer? No. No, not at all. Okay. So, now, not in America. It's Vietnam. Okay. okay. Man experienced severe headaches for months. Finally went to see a doctor about it. The 35-year-old man found out he had a pair of chopsticks lodged inside his skull. Upon checking with the hospital, revealed that the man... Well, okay, I don't I don't care about... Yes, he was suffering from severe pain. Yeah. Duh. What I want to know is he initially was surprised how the chopsticks ended up. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. He soon remembered a fight he was involved in out while drinking several months prior. Well, there it is. There you go. Somebody okay. shoved the chopsticks in his ears or yes. up his nose... There you and go. That's the way During the course of the fight, the patient reportedly told doctors he could not recall many details from this. I bet not. No. You got chopsticks in your head. You don't yeah. remember when they enter. It, okay. But did remember someone stabbing him in the face with some unknown object. Well, they did it in the back of the head, too. Surgeons were able to successfully remove the chopsticks, uh, said he's in stable condition, will be released from the hospital, so he's going to be perfectly fine okay so i guess morally Until he starts story, drinking again yes okay do not go drinking at a wherever uh, a restaurant where they have chopsticks right or, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't mm. think that was an issue no whatever you see now in america someone breaks a bottle and uses it i mean that's that's the american way yeah. uh it but in their country there's not much for bottles around i guess so you grab what you can and there's chopsticks which can be nasty weapons apparently but you know, because aren't they pointy at one end? I yes, and I wonder, did the guy who who stabbed him think, "Hang on, I just jammed a couple of chopsticks into the back of the skull, and he's still fighting"? Tough guy. Yeah, no kidding. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team on the road tonight at Portland. The Pokes coming off a, a, a net loss to nationally rated Texas back on Sunday, so they're four and two on the year. Portland, not Portland State, just regular Portland, four and three on the year. And these two teams last met in men's basketball back in 1983. And that's a 7 p.m. start on Mountain Time, and we'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls have a Sunday matinee game in Stillwater to meet Oklahoma State. Cowgirls are four. Four and two after a nice one over BYU their last time out, and OSU comes in at three and three. Chuco basketball, the Casper College men will be at home tonight to meet Colorado Northwestern from Rangeley at seven thirty tonight at the Erickson Gym. T Birds coming into that matchup with a record of five and five. The Casper College women will be in Scotts Bluff tonight to take on Western Nebraska at five thirty. Birds are five and two so far this season. 
ALCCC men and women from Cheyenne will be at home tonight to meet North Platte, Nebraska, 5.30 and 7.30. The ALCCC men are 5-3 and three and the ALCCC women are 4-4. Four and four. National Finals Rodeo will start on Thursday from Las Vegas. Three guys from Wyoming will be in the big show. Cole Reiner from Buffalo, currently 13th in the PRCA World Standings in the Bearback. Hillsdale, Wyoming native Brody Crest, 12th in the World Standings in the Saddlebrook. And Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming, who attended both Pinedale and Big Piney High Schools, is currently 11th in the Saddlebrook. The NFRF will start on Thursday and run through Saturday the 16th in Vegas. College volleyball, the Wyoming Cowgirls still alive in that National Invitational Tournament as they defeated South Dakota in four sets yesterday down in Greeley, Colorado. 26-24, 23-25, 25-19, and 25-16. Cowgirls are 21-9. and They got 17 kills from Riley Schultz with Casper, Kelly Walsh, Greg Korn, Carruth adding nine kills. Cowgirls will play Northern Colorado tonight in Greeley. If they win, they will advance to the third round of this tournament and play either Montana State or Sacramento State next week and that's it in sports so if i wanted to track these uh rodeo guys it, at this uh, how would i do that if you can go on prorodeo.com okay you can watch it on rfd right you can listen to me mm-hmm. uh you can call them i guess i, I guess. okay now i figure yeah. you go to the pro rodeo website you just look for anything with wyoming by it well you look for um national nfr National NFR. Yeah. Right. And, then, yeah. and then it'll list all the standings and how they did per okay. round. Right. How much money they made per round. Whether there's their aggregates okay. within within the rodeo and their aggregate for the entire season. See, my only worry is there's so many people participating. Oh, how okay. do I find Wyoming? Google. Google it. Okay. Google is your friend. It, well, they no. used to be. We're <laughs> no. having a breakup. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we got to talk about. Then uh, news, you know, national local weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I'm here unsupervised. No Miss Mary. She took vacation early. Well, she had to to get down to uh, Denver to take the airplane. I'm leaving tomorrow and I'll be flying out of Casper and going down to Florida to visit my family. So I'll be gone for a week. And one of the things we're going to do, there's a lot of things on my agenda, but one of them is to go back about a little over a year ago. My hometown of Sanibel, hometowns, really, Sanibel, Captive Islands, were hit by Hurricane Ian, did a lot of devastation, and they're still trying to recover from that. And my sister wanted to go with me so we could see together where we grew up, and it's going to look really different. I've seen some video from the islands. It's going to be look really different. That's where I'll be next week. We have best of shows ready to go for you. But okay, a <clears throat> couple of things here. I was watching this on the news the House voted to expel Representative George Santos. First off, a little surprising for me, from my point of view. 
because I am so used to the Republicans not being able to get anything done. Drives me absolutely crazy that when something really needs to get done, the Republicans can't get it done. Uh, see, I'm watching this. Hang on a second. <clears throat> Move my microphone over here so I can turn and look. Representative George Santos expelled from Congress after vote. And then there's a bunch of uh, members of Congress up there speaking and so on. And so I'm sure they have something interesting to say, I guess. But, okay, this is really surprising. Members of Congress don't get expelled often. This guy was really bad, though. But now I'm going to say what I've said before about this. And, by the way, the vote was not very close. There were those people who voted to keep him, but not many. So it was pretty overwhelming. But okay, and this guy's going to make every excuse in the book as to why he's the victim here. But, you know, that, that's what liars do. Yeah, they try to make themselves out to be the victims and stuff like this. Now, as I've said before on it, I am all in favor of kicking this guy out of Congress. Considering that he lied about everything to get into Congress. And then was found ethical charges using campaign money and trying to do influence peddling and so on. So my answer is now that we've done this, it sets, I think, a wonderful precedent for Santos. I think a wonderful for Congress in general. While we're at it, let's keep the ball rolling. How many other members of Congress need to go for these same reasons? For lying to get their job, lying to keep their job, lying to their constituents about so many other things. Then, uh, misuse of campaign funds and influence peddling. And while we're at it, how many of them need to go to jail? As long as we're at it, right? That means we would also need to get rid of our president. He should have gone to jail when he was still a senator. So I'm all for cleaning house like this and Senate and White House. I'm all for it. So some of the story that's in front of me, uh, let me see, uh, the vote makes Santos the sixth lawmaker and the first Republican to be expelled. Interesting. Let me click on that real quick. I didn't know out of the six that have been expelled, he's the first Republican. Let's see. John B. Clark, disloyalty to the Union fighting for the Confederacy. J.W. Reed. Same thing. Henry C. Burnett, same thing. So this is people. These were Democrats who were fighting for the Confederacy because, as you remember, it was the Democrats who were on the side of the South in the Civil War. It was the Democrats who fought against uh, laws that would, well, they wanted segregation. The Democrats wrote the Jim Crow laws. The Democrats brought in the KKK. Uh, Michael J. Myers, convicted of bribery. Michael Myers? I loved his movies. But anyway, convicted of bribery. Let's see, that was back in 1980. James Trafficant, convicted of conspiracy to commit bribery, defraud, um, illegal gratuities, filling in false tax returns, racketeering. That was 2002. Hmm. Let's see, some of the others, members who have been censured. Then it goes through the list of people who have been censured by the House. But okay, so this would be the fifth person to be expelled from the House. First Republican. Uh, Okay, now, 
Uh, vote comes after the House Ethics Committee released a report accusing Santos of a complex web of unlawful activity involving his campaign, personal finances, and business finances. The resolution, led by the House Ethics Committee, passed 311 to 114. That's what I mean by it. That's pretty overwhelming. 311 in favor of expelling him, 114 against. The measure required two-thirds majority to pass. Now, for the people who voted against expelling him, it may not be for what you think. A lot of these people don't like the idea that Santos was never given a trial of any kind or, they say, convicted of anything. Although I look at it and think uh, the campaign finance thing, I'm pretty sure he was. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure he was. But there's all these other ethics. We we know that he lied to get his job and so, okay. Uh, the result came after most House Republican leadership turned against expelling him, prompting doubts as to whether enough Republican votes would come up for expulsion. The back, That's why I say I'm always surprised when Republicans actually get something done. Mike and Casper, Illa Omar is next. Well, I hope so. I'd like to get the ball rolling on this. There's a whole bunch of them there. Further media reports have revealed shady campaign for uh, personal finance, past debts, legal troubles, a variety of fraudulent schemes, and uh, fictional claims. Well, again, doesn't that t- – let's go through that again. So the media says, well, shady campaign and personal finance. So shady campaign finance and personal finance. Shady. Past debts, legal troubles, fraudulent schemes, and some of those schemes influencing, influence peddling as a congressman. Fictional claims. That, this is what I mean by as long as we're after him, there's all these other members of Congress. Let's go. Santos was indicted on May 13th. Counts including charges of wire fraud and money laundering. Okay, now, that's where it gets to the court thing. All right. An indictment is not being found guilty in court. That means they think they have enough evidence to go to court, but that's not a court hearing. So they might have it on that. A um, indictment October charged him with 10 more counts, including credit card fraud, aggravated identity, identity theft. I didn't know he was. All right. He has pleaded not guilty to all of the charges. The last straw for many lawmakers was the Ethics Committee report, which detailed... Substantial evidence of uncharged and unlawful conduct, including allegedly stealing from his 2022 campaign. So members of both party and some leaders in New York and so on voted to have him expelled. House Democrats forced a vote expelling Santos in May, but Republicans voted to kill the measure at the time because they were still going through all the ethics hearing on that. So... The next thing up, let's put this away, because I think you got everything you want out of that. Although it's going to be interesting to see how Santos tries to talk his way out of this. But now the next thing is there's the idea of impeaching President Biden, which the Republicans are still working on. And that goes to a committee. Yeah, I know. Another committee. Where they sit down and take a look at all of the evidence to see if they have enough to actually go for impeaching the president, which I would say, good, do it. Make sure you don't make sure Republicans, you blow it so many times. Make sure Republicans that you really have a good case built and then go get them. That guy should have been 
not just uh, thrown out of office back when he was a senator a long time ago, but thrown in jail, too. Nate says, politics make me sick. Politicians are damn near all alike. There were and are a few good ones, which is why I say, Nate, there's more of the libertarian guy here. One of the reasons I say that the founding fathers, they got a lot right. And one of them was to make sure that government had as little power as possible. You see what kind of people get into government. And what you see now is nothing new. The kind of people we have in government today are the kind of people who have always been in government. Which is why you allow them to get a few things done, but you don't let them do much. 916, Wake Up Wyoming. Where Wyoming comes to talk. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Nine twenty-two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Chet Yoder said he might be a politician. Oh, okay. Can't read that on the air, Chet, but thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, uh, last night, and I got it, look, just so you know, when it comes to uh, radio talk shows, other radio talk shows, I'm sure he's a very nice guy, and I would probably get along with him personally. But from my point of view, I've never really been a Sean Hannity show listener. I, I've just never really got that much out of his show. And from my point of view, he pretty much talks about the same thing every single day. So I just, I'm not I'm not into listening to his show. I've tried watching the television show. And again, for the most part, he's talking about the same thing every day. So I'm just not that into the television show. I know he's uh, he's had an incredible career and I really admire his success, but just not a program that I was into. But now and then, Sean Hannity does something which I think, okay, that was good. That is worthy of your position, Mr. Hannity. So last night, to have on two opposing governors, and they could not be more opposed, Governor of Florida, Governor of California, let's have them on for a debate. Now, at one point, as far as I'm concerned, Governor DeSantis of Florida hit the knockout blow. So I was talking to a fella who had made the move from California uh, to Florida, and he was telling me that Florida is much better governed, uh, safer, better budget, uh, lower taxes, all this stuff. And he's really happy with the quality of life. And then he paused and he said, you oh, know, by the way, I'm Gavin Newsom's father-in-law. So we do count Gavin's in-laws as some of the people that have fled California um, and come to the state of Florida. Now, we can go through everything else that was said during the course of the night. And I did. I didn't watch the entire thing. I just watched, uh, you know, bits and pieces. When I got here in the morning, people had cut out some of the debate highlights. Now, I'm not going to play all those highlights. i just going to let you know something that I noticed. And as somebody who I do this every day, as you know, I sit here and talk every single day, and I do debate people on the air, including callers and so on on occasion. So I've been doing this for a long time. And as someone who watches a lot of speech and debate, I can tell immediately when someone is ready to go, who has brought ammunition and they are prepared, and when someone's not. In this case, Newsom of California brought nothing. He had nothing to bring. All he did was lie. I mean, the number of times that he would accuse 
the governor of Florida a, a list of things. And the governor of Florida is going, that's not true, and that's not true, that isn't true. And the fact is that, yeah, Governor Newsom was just lying about Florida and about the governor of Florida. So there was a lot of lies, but also a lot of personal insults. I mean, the two kind of barbed each other personally a little bit, but the fact that Newsom would really I spent a lot, so much time with the personal attacks. And when he wasn't personally attacking, he was just lying about either something Newsom had said or something Newsom had done or something that had happened in Florida. That tells me that the governor of California brings absolutely nothing to this debate. In the meantime, whether you agree with his conclusions or not, Governor DeSantis of Florida is bringing out, here's the facts, here's the statistics, here's how I came to this conclusion, here's why we're doing what we're doing. You can disagree with him philosophically, but he brings to the debate, yeah, there was some personal barbs and insults shot at Newsom, but not many. And he certainly didn't lie about anything regarding California. He just laid out the facts about California. Now, one of the other lies, I've watched this um, uh, story came up several times uh, the past week or so, where it says more people are moving from Florida to California. No, no. Look, there's always people moving from state to state, and there's always somebody who's going to be, you know, they're in Florida living, and let's say they get a job opportunity in California, so they go. All right, but so do some people move from Florida to California? Yeah, I'm sure it happens. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. But the number of people leaving California for other states, California is hemorrhaging residents and businesses too, hemorrhaging them. And yes, there's a lot of people who have moved from California to Florida or California to Texas. or Believe it or not, a lot of people move from California to Nashville. So there's a lot of exodus there, a whole lot of that going on. And Newsom cannot say that that isn't happening because it is. Whatever he believes, and he really does believe he's a great governor. Whatever he might believe about it, though, his state is hemorrhaging a lot of people. And I personally know. Quite a few, quite a few people who've left California. I mean, it happens on occasion when I go somewhere to, like a, a, a public event, or not even that. Sometimes I just I'm out and about and around having lunch somewhere, wherever. Someone walks up and says hi. The number of times I've been told, so I'm I'm one of these who escaped California. Okay, well, why did you leave California? Well, God, the taxes, the regulations, the cost of living. I mean, God, is just insane there. The place has become disgusting. I just couldn't stand it anymore. I just had to. Too bad because it's such a beautiful state. Micah, Glenn, please take advantage of the best therapy in the world while at your disposal. Go swim with the dolphins. I hope you visit some of the sanctuaries, too, like the birds and flint. Oh, you know, I grew up around those things, Micah. I mean, I've literally swum with the dolphins and the manatee. I don't know if I'll get time this time, but June Casper, I'm so glad Gordon did not tell you how they determine property tax. It's a program used in the five surrounding states. Well, here's the thing, um, June. The governor is right. It is up to the legislators to come up with an alternative tax reform for the state of Wyoming. Last year, they failed to come up with anything that would pass. Let's hope they come up with some good this year. 
Hi, Eddie John and Grand Canyon. In the debate world, Newsom brought a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. Let's see. RH in Wiggins, Colorado. Amen, Glenn, on your Hannity analysis. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he's a really nice guy. I mean, I I bet I would really like him personally, but I just was never that into his show. Every time I turn on his show, I'm hearing the same thing, in my opinion. Anyway. Don't mean any disrespect to you Hannity fans out there. I know you like the guy. Coming up on 930, local news update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Nine thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so I got a couple of requests which I'm going to fill up today here in this segment right here. We're officially into December. This is the first right here today. Therefore, Christmas stuff. I put up the story on the Wake Up Wyoming site that I do every single year, the annual lighting of the thermal nuclear devices here in Wyoming. That's when the people who are in charge of taking care of our thermonuclear devices wrap them in lights and all sorts of other bunting and so on, decorate them like Christmas trees. And the nice thing is they don't have to plug in those lights. They just glow naturally. That story is up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. I put it up every year at this time. Then I was asked to play this. Okay, what's first? It says to start with a helping of flour, a handful of eggs, and a dash of salt. How much is a helping? Uh, it says here that it's more than a hunk of, but less than a whole mess of. So maybe this one? Is there anything that has actual measurements? Yeah, it says you need eight cups of lard and four sticks of butter. We gotta go back to the store. When do we add this? Uh, it says apply bourbon as needed. To what? To chef. Oh. Uh. Okay, now we have the sugar, right? Um, we're gonna need the other bag too. Well, there's no way that's right. I know, I know, Kevin. There's no way that any of this is right. Is it done yet? I can't tell. Well, it says not to leave it in there too long. I know. I don't wanna burn it. Nobody wants to burn it, Kevin. Well, how long does it say to leave it in there? It says bake in hot oven until done. Well, there it is. Grand Grand's famous sweet butter cake. I mean, I used to eat this all the time. How am I still alive? It's basically poison. I'll wrap it up for the party. You want to serve this to people? We got to bring something. That's what you bring when you go to different Christmas family events and so on. Then it's a little early to play this, but I got a special request this morning, so I thought, well, why not? We'll play this, of course, just a day or so before Christmas, but the funny fat man in the big red suit stuck in the smoke hole of my TV. Every year at this time, There's we've got to play this. There's a bad man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our TV There's a funny bad man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our TV Ho, 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 he thinks he's talking in the air. No, 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 ain't no 
cooking up the meat from the funny fat man in the silly red suit stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee. Ho, 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 he thinks he's talking in the end. No, 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 ain't no way we'll let him in. Not no funny fat man in the silly red suit stuck in the smoke hole of our He's taking his boots and uncle stripping down the sled of the funny fat man in a silly red suit stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee. just so to get you up to date and everything. So, I have only took one week off earlier this year and all I did, because I needed to get some uh, flying out of the way as part of my flight instruction. I had to do a plan and do cross-country flights, things like that. It's all part of my, you know, getting the next certification and moving my way up and that kind of, you know. So, I did that earlier this summer. That was an entire week that I, I took a vacation and that's all I did was go flying. So I could get the next, you know, step up. Then uh, I save vacation like I do every year at this time. So I figured out the best time to go visit family, and the family thinks it's a great idea too, is right after the week after Thanksgiving. Because airline prices are not just low, they're stupid low. I mean really stupid low. So the price that I'm flying to Florida and back round trip is just a little over $300. If you're thinking, wow, yeah, you got to wait and catch those deals because there's basically now if you're trying to book that same flight right now, no, they're going to charge you a lot for it. You got to catch it at the right time. So that's why I go at this time. So next week I will be on vacation uh, in Florida. There's going to be best of programs on air. Now, also, if you would remember using the Wake Up Wyoming app, you can listen to old shows when the app opens, touch on demand. And then touch Wake Up Wyoming and the episode you want. And you can listen anytime you want. We condense those shows. We we really condense them down to get rid of news and sports and weather, a lot of commercials, just so it's not a four-hour program. That you can catch up anytime you want. And I'll be posting stuff to keep track of you guys because I like chatting with you on social media and so on while I'm gone to let you know what I'm up to. And we'll catch up with what you've been up to when I get back one week from now. 943, Wake Up Wyoming. 
Live and local, all across Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Nine forty-eight. the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. All right, off we go to the ice box to talk to Frank Gambino, who is out there. Wait a second, if I do that here, turn these back on and push that button there. There we go. There's the ice box. Hey, Frank. All righty. Okay. Yeah, push I, the button, man. Jeez, I had shut all the buttons off. I don't know why. I guess I'm eager to get on vacation. Oh, you know what? You know what? I can tell you, it's like yeah. senioritis. Oh yeah. In school, you're like, all right, you can just taste the end of it. Oh my God. You know, and like, all right, let's just get this. Yeah, let's just get this thing over with and let's move on. So now, um, you've seen these guys that have the small jets that they've made and the wings that they put on their back and then they go shooting across the sky. Yeah, it's kind of like out of a sci-fi movie from from the 50s. I came across a couple of videos. There's one guy who has one of those in his garage. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he's messing with stuff like this and he opens up his garage door. Problem number now you can watch these videos on the Wake Up Wyoming website. Okay, problem number one is there's a big pile of snow. You've done this. You've opened your garage and all the snow is up against your garage door, and you can't get out. Yeah, but he has a jet engine. Oh, so he's just going to melt yes. everything. So he went ahead and turned that sucker on to find out how long it would take, and it worked. It's not immediate, but oh my God, it melted all the snow. Then did it burn down his garage? No, no, no. Then now the the jet engines like about the size of a vacuum cleaner. It's not huge, mm-hmm. okay. So you know, but it's uh, it's it's got a lot of thrust, power, and heat to it. Then he wheels it outside, where his car is covered in snow and ice. Now you don't want to get too close to the car because you got a paint job. You're going to blow it up, yeah. right? Yeah. But he gets close enough where he can go ahead and turn that sucker on and give it a few moments as it heats up. Now all of this hot air, much like what flows through this microphone four hours a day <laughs> yeah it goes blowing out across his car and all of the snow and ice just melts right off and blows away okay now if you would like to witness this go to the wake up wyoming site it's right there frank it's fun there you go college volleyball the wyoming cowgirls still alive in that national invitational tournament they defeated south dakota yesterday afternoon in greeley colorado in four sets 26 24 23 25 25 19 and 25 16 that is a four team pod in greeley and that this is a single elimination tournament so the cowgirls are still alive they're 21 and 9 they got 17 kills from riley shoals with casper kelly walsh grad corn Carruth adding nine kills the cowgirls will play northern colorado tonight in greeley if they win they'll play either Montana State or Sacramento State next week in that tournament. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be on the road tonight at Portland. The folks coming off a, a big road loss to nationally rated Texas their last time out back on Sunday. So they're 4-2. and two. Portland is 4-3. and three. These two teams uh, last met in men's basketball back in 1983. 7 p.m. start tonight Mountain Time. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls with a Sunday matinee game in Stillwater meeting Oklahoma State. Cowgirls are 4-2. 
four and two after a nice win over BYU their last time out. Oklahoma State comes in at three and three. Junior college basketball. The Casper College men will be at home tonight to meet Colorado Northwestern from Rangeley at seven thirty this evening over at the Erickson Gym. The T Birds come into that matchup with a record of five and five. The Casper College women will be in Scotts Bluff tonight to take on Western Nebraska at five thirty. T Birds are five and two. The L Triple C men and women from Cheyenne at home tonight to meet North Platte Nebraska on the JUCO basketball level five thirty and seven thirty. The L Trip men are five and three, and the L Trip women are four and four. And the national finals rodeo will start on Thursday from Las Vegas. Three guys from Wyoming will be in the big show. Cole Reiner from Buffalo is currently rated 13th in the PRCA World Standings in the bareback. Hillsdale, Wyoming native and Chinese grad Brody Cress is 12th in the World Standings in the Saddle Bronc. And Tanner Butner from Daniel, Wyoming, who attended both Pinedale and Big Mining, is 11th. The NFR will start a Thursday and run through Saturday the 16th at the Thomas & Mack Center in Las Vegas. That's it in sports. Glenn, have a wonderful vacation. Oh, I will. So here's some of the things uh, planning to do. Uh, my oldest niece had a baby. There you go. I will be the babysitter. Okay. And it is time for the great uncle to, uh, you know, teach as great. You know, you, you do these things. Yes. That don't tell mom. You know, right, those, yeah. Yeah, okay. Which, in <clears throat> fact, they will. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Like I care. Next, <laughs> okay. ne- next, one of the things I'm looking forward to doing is uh, we go back to, you know, my hometowns of San Bola Captiva mm-hmm. were hit by that hurricane mm-hmm. a while ago. So my sister and I are going to go back a year later to survey. They have a lot of work to do. But where we went, grew up basically was wiped out. Ew. So we're going to go walk the beaches and so on and take a look at, try to figure out, wasn't there something here that's gone now? Yeah, that's but they fixed the bridge to it, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, the bridge was fixed in short order. But what really is going to get me is we almost lost our lighthouse and all the buildings that were around the lighthouse, which were historic buildings, there's zero evidence they were ever there. But the lighthouse is still the, there. Barely. It lost a leg. Oh, really? Yeah. So anyway, I'll bring back picture. You want a seashell? I can bring you a yeah, seashell. Bring, oh, yeah, bring yeah, me a seashell. Okay, yeah. okay, see you in a week. Yep. Let's wake up, Wyoming.